Good morning and welcome. I'm so glad that you're here. My name's Adam. Over the last few weeks, we've been exploring the subject of who is the Holy Spirit and what does the Holy Spirit do? And today I want to wrap this mini-series up and I want to look at the question, the subject of how can we be filled with the Holy Spirit? Now, I'm here sometimes in the week. Last week there was a day when I left here and I had a quick detour. I needed to pick something up at the store. As I drove out, I was hungry. You know that time, those times when your stomach kind of rumbles because it's empty and you want to put something in it. And I drove past the drive-thru for Taco Bell. Now, some of you will be familiar with the drive-thru of Taco Bell. I'm not so familiar. Where I come from, there is no Taco Bell. However, I do quite like Mexican food. Now, I appreciate Taco Bell isn't the finest Mexican food there is, but on this occasion, I took the detour, entered the drive-thru, ordered some food because I was feeling hungry. I sat in the car and ate my food. And you know when you have some food and the first mouthful tastes good and then it just keeps going downhill the further and the longer the meal lasts? I kind of had that experience. And I make this point for a reason. When we talk about being filled, there are some things that fill us and do us good. And there are some things that fill us and don't do us good. So in the example of bad food or good food, good food gives you energy and vitality and health and it resources your body. Bad food Kind of works the other extreme. Bad food or too much bad food changes the shape of your body, not necessarily for good. And it sometimes slows you down and makes you feel yucky and it works against you. And I say this because I believe that we need to be filled with good things of which the Holy Spirit is the ultimate, ultimate thing that I want to not just request but instruct you that you need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because similar in a way to good food, it will change the shape of the way you live, the way you are energized, the way you are fueled. It's important. So I want to encourage you to be filled with good things. And the Holy Spirit is the most important thing that you can and need to be filled with. I'm going to go through a number of Bible passages, a bit of an overview, because when I look at a subject like this, I don't want to just pick one verse and kind of hang my hat on that alone. I want to give a bigger picture of the importance of why and how you can be filled with the Holy Spirit. If you have your Bibles, and the passages will appear on the screen if you don't. The first one we're going to go to, we're in the New Testament, and we're looking at a letter, 1 Corinthians 6, verse 19 to 20. And it says this, and I'm not convinced uh, the author of this was aware that something called Taco Bell will be invented in the future, but uh, he may have been onto something when he wrote this. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God. You are not your own. You were brought, bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. 
This is one of those small Bible passages that's small in how many words, but it's saying so much. And I want to highlight some of them. Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit? We haven't been able to meet in the way that we like to meet for some time. And there's uncertainty around the shape and the format of what that will look like when we can. And we miss each other. Sometimes we talk about going to church. But the New Testament teaches us that we are the church. And there isn't a building that's, that's a sacred place or a sanctuary that's a holy place. But it's people, it's us, it's men and women, boys and girls who know and love Jesus. So this passage is saying, you are the temple, you are the church, and it's inside of you. You were bought at a price. It wasn't cheap, it cost Jesus his life, but he did that because he loves you. So you are the church, you are a temple of the Holy Spirit. When I think of a temple, I tend to think of a building. If you imagine a building that's empty, it's just a shell. And it's possible that we, as the church, could be just the shell. I don't want us to just be a shell. I don't want us just to be a framework. I want us to be full of life and joy and hope and possibility. And that comes by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Without that, our lives, our expression of being the church are lacking. And church, bigger picture, the organized church, the gathered setting of church. If we are a temple that has no filling, then we become just an institution, just a machine, just a shell. I don't want that. That's not what God has for us, which is why this passage says, this is important. You were bought at a price. You are a temple of the Holy Spirit. So the first example I want to show to you of what it means to be filled with the Holy Spirit, the best place to begin for our example is Jesus. If you've got your Bibles, turn to the beginning of Matthew's Gospel, first book in the New Testament. We pick this up, this story up, at the baptism of Jesus. Jesus didn't need to be baptized, but he did it as an example. And baptism is a moment where we make a public expression of our devotion and commitment to following Jesus, following God, putting our faith in God. And Jesus did this as an example for us. When he was baptized, this happened. In Matthew 3, we read, As soon as Jesus was baptized, he went up out of the water, and that moment heaven was opened. And he saw the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Spirit, descending like a dove and alighting on him. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. In him I am well pleased. At the beginning of Jesus' earthly ministry, there is this moment when he is filled with the Holy Spirit. If Jesus was filled with the Holy Spirit, then we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Continuing with Jesus, when we read on the story of the way Jesus lived and worked and the way he spent time with his friends and in community, there are frequent moments when he withdrew to pray, to worship, to seek God. 
There's times when Jesus expanded on the scriptures in such a way that people were amazed at his knowledge, which clearly implies that he spent time in the scriptures, studying the scriptures. He was fully God, but he was fully human. So in his humanity, he spent time in the text. He did this because he knew that this is a way where he draws close to God and close to the spirit of God. Jesus needed to do that, then we need to as well. There's a lovely passage in Luke 10, verse 21, and I'll read this. And it says this of Jesus. At that time, Jesus, full of the joy through the Holy Spirit, said, I praise you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and learned and revealed them to these little children. Yes, Father, for this is what you were pleased to do. I love this. Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit and it fills him with joy. I said last week that one of the fruits, which means consequences of being filled with the Holy Spirit, is a life of joy. Who doesn't need that? Who doesn't need more joy? I I know I do. But Jesus is filled with the Holy Spirit and he says, God, I'm so pleased that you revealed this, not to the learned or the people that argued over the religious texts, but to the simple folk like you and me. What Jesus is doing is he's celebrating the fact that what we sometimes assume is hard, Jesus is saying it's not hard, it's accessible, and it's for you and it's for me, and it's the gift of the Holy Spirit. So let's ask the question of how. How are we filled with the Holy Spirit? I believe one of the ways, as modeled by the example of Jesus, is in the time that we spend in prayer, in the time that we spend in seeking God, in the time when we spend in Scripture, in reading and chewing on the text and saying, God, reveal yourself to me afresh. These are the times when we, we recharge, we're filled, we're energized, we're fueled. We need that. But there's more to this. In the New Testament, there are some examples of moments where people were filled with the Holy Spirit. And I want to look at these. There's two ways where it tends to happen. One way is by the laying on of hands, where someone prays for somebody else and they lay their hands on them and they pray sometimes a very simple prayer, come Lord Jesus, fill this person with your spirit. And God often answers those prayers. Now, we find ourselves in a time where the laying on of hands is not as easy as it once was. But the good news is that isn't the only way. I do want to look at these examples though because I believe that there's a, there's a model that we can learn from. If you've got your Bibles, turn to Acts 9, verse 7. Sorry, Acts 9, 17. There is a moment we find ourselves in a bigger story. There's somebody called Saul who doesn't believe in God. In fact, he's the opposite of believing in, in Jesus as God. And he's persecuting, he's criticizing, he's, he's absolutely full of hatred towards this new 
Christian movement of people that are following Jesus. And there's this moment when he encounters Jesus. He has an experience. I believe we all need an experience. And he has this experience. And somebody comes to find him and to pray for him. In this moment, he's lost his sight. And we read this at the story. There's somebody called Ananias. And it says, Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul, which was his name at the first part of the story when we meet this man. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here, has sent me so that you may see again and so that you may be filled with the Holy Spirit. He lays his hands on him. He prays for him. There's this moment of healing, which is incredible. And there's this also incredible moment where he's filled with the Holy Spirit. If you consider that Jesus began his ministry after he was filled with the Holy Spirit, and this person, Saul, whose name is later changed to Paul, has this moment where he's filled with the Holy Spirit, and then he begins his earthly ministry. And then in a few moments, we're going to look at another passage where the church has this experience where they are filled. The church is in the people of God gathered together. They're filled and then they begin their ministry. There is a clue. There is a reoccurring pattern that we begin by being filled with the Holy Spirit. Jesus even cautioned his first followers not to try and operate or act on their own efforts, but to be wait And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, then act. Do you see the sense of importance that this is the foundation? This is the beginning that we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. For me, there have been moments when I've been filled with the Holy Spirit and refilled. And I pause to expand on this. When somebody becomes a Christian, when somebody recognizes that, that, like many of us have, we messed up, we've fallen short, we missed the mark. There's a moment when you pray a sincere prayer where we say, God, please forgive me. Please change me. Please fill me. Please come into me. And Jesus saves us. And in that moment, there is this filling of the Holy Spirit, this deposit of the Holy Spirit. But there are other moments where we are filled again and refilled. And like food, our bodies need to be refilled. Or like fuel in your car, there are times when you understandably need to be refilled. And in the New Testament, we read the story of people following Jesus. And we read the story at the beginnings. There are these profound moments of the beginnings of their faith where they're filled with the Holy Spirit. And then there are Occasions where people are refilled, and we need that. Continuing with the how are we filled? The early apostles, the followers of Jesus, frequently placed their hands on people, and in that moment they were filled or they were refilled. So the laying on of hands is this biblical model, this method where we pray for each other and we gently and appropriately lay hands and pray, come Holy Spirit, and often There is a moment where the Holy Spirit comes by the laying on of hands. But the good news, especially good at the moment when we can't lay hands on people and pray for them, is it's not the only way. Two Bible passages I want you to look at. First one is at the end of John's gospel, 
which is an eyewitness account of the life and ministry of Jesus. We're looking at John 20, verse 22. To paint the picture for the story, Jesus has been crucified, crucified and has risen from the dead. His disciples are scared, they're fearful, they're frail, and they're hiding in an upper room. And in verse 22, we read this. In fact, we'll begin at verse 21. Jesus appeared and said to them, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. And for me, if you've ever been close enough to, this is how I, this is how I imagine it. If you've ever been close enough to feel somebody breathe on you, it's really close. It's really intimate. It's really gentle. It's really, really precious. There's this moment where Jesus breathes on his disciples and he says, receive the Holy Spirit. Now, the whole breathe, breath, wind idea is interesting in the context of the Holy Spirit. The, the original language of the New and Old Testament, the Greek and Hebrew, explains the Holy Spirit with the word of breath or wind. So in this moment, it's quite appropriate that Jesus breathes a breath on them and says in that moment, receive the Holy Spirit. Turn a few pages over to the book of Acts. This is another time when people are filled with the Holy Spirit. We're going to Acts 2, verse 2 to 5. This is this. But I'll start reading from Acts 2 verse 1. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Can you imagine the scene? They're together, they're gathered, which at the moment seems like a really nice idea. And then there's this moment, and it's described as a blowing wind, so blowing, it's described with the word violent wind. And in that moment, Everyone in that place is filled with the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you two stories. There have been times, there was a moment for me in my life, in my late teens, when I was a Christian and I believed in Jesus and I believed that I had the Holy Spirit, but there was a moment where I was prayed for. And in that moment, there was a transformation. I remember it was like a hundred floodlights suddenly shone on me. And in that moment, I was changed. And it was a key turning point for me in my life. I was a different 
person. And I can only describe that, or I can only recognize what that was by saying that was a distinct, powerful filling of the Holy Spirit, and it changed me forever. There have been other moments where I have had these Holy Spirit encounters where I've been filled, refilled, and it has been profoundly powerful. So when I read the Acts passage, it's similar to that. Now, there have been other moments as well where I've prayed. Sometimes, like Jesus, I've withdrawn to a quiet place. Sometimes I've not even been praying. Sometimes I've been walking in nature. I've been up early or stayed up late. I love early mornings. I love to be by water. And there have been times when I've been by the water and I've just been amazed at God's creation. I've felt like a gentle breath, like the wind. And in that moment, I've sensed the Holy Spirit. Now, I read these two passages and I tell these two stories for a reason. Two very different experiences. In the Bible, the experience of Jesus breathing the Holy Spirit on his followers. Also in the Bible, the experience of a wind and a feeling so powerful is described as a violent wind. Two very different experiences, same Holy Spirit. Sometimes we make the error of assuming that one experience is more powerful or important than the other. I would like more of the powerful, big, epic ones, because that's, that's very, very exciting. But I want to also recognize the intimacy of the breath that sometimes breathes gently on us and into us. And I want us to say, Father, breathe your spirit on us, however you choose to. Different experiences, same Holy Spirit. So that's how we're filled. So what does it look like to be filled with the Holy Spirit? My answer to that would be life to the very best. If you look at the way the disciples, we read the passage in John 20, they begin fearful and frail and scared and absent and hidden away, which sounds like a, a frail body, uh, an empty building that's dusty, full of cobwebs almost. It's kind of still exists, but there's no life in it. When they're filled with the Holy Spirit, they're filled with life, and it changes everything. If you look at the New Testament story of the people, the way they lived after the filling of the Holy Spirit, they make better choices. There's this sense of divine wisdom where they frequently hear from God. The Holy Spirit speaks to them and through them, and that's normal, that's common, that happens all the time. It changes the way they live their lives. They're generous. They're compassionate. They're kind. There's some incredible miracles. Their teaching, which for the early apostles was their work, was so much more effective. And again, who doesn't want a life that sounds like that? It absolutely changes them. There's one more short passage I want you to look at. This is Acts 13, verse 52. I've got it typed up here, so I'm going to read this. This is important. This is another one of the small passages that's really important. Acts 13, 52 says this. 
the disciples were continually filled with joy and with the Holy Spirit. These are the same disciples that were in this room when Jesus breathed on them, and the same disciples that are in this room when the Holy Spirit came in power in this violent wind. But they still recognized that they needed to be continually filled, and it gave them great joy. If you read the story of the book of Acts, there's times when the disciples are treated badly. There is hostility, there is oppression, there's persecution, but yet they're filled with joy which seems such contrast to their lived experience. And the reason for that is because the Holy Spirit fills us with joy despite the struggles that sometimes life just deals us, changes them. The continually filled. This is important. We need to be continually filled. I need to be continually filled. And I don't know who's watching this or where this is going, but I want to say to you, you need to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. You cannot trace your story purely back to a past event. You can't live off that any more than you can drive your car with the fuel that you pumped a year ago. Your bodies can't work with the food that you ate four months ago. You need to be continually filled and by being continually filled, you will experience life and a life that's good. We, we do deplete. We do empty ourselves. Sometimes we empty ourselves for good. There's times when the Holy Spirit is in us and flows from us and through us to those around us. And that's remarkable. That's the example of Jesus. That's the example of many of the, the disciples, the apostles in the New Testament church. And there is a sense where they're tired and depleted and they come and pray, fill me again, and the Holy Spirit does. And there's other times where we stray, where we wander, where we don't give the attention that we need to give, where we recognize that, wait a minute, my, my body, my shell, my life is a temple of the Holy Spirit and Somebody else's, even our gathered settings in themselves, don't make me exempt of the responsibility that I have to have for myself, that I need to give attention and say, come Holy Spirit, because we stray and we wander and we need a fresh breath. I want to end this message, this four-week series where it began. I began with the first page of the Bible, which is the story of creation, where God breathes life into humanity. And in that moment, the shell that is a person becomes a living being. That's how the creation story begins. That's how the ministry of Jesus begins. That's how the story of the New Testament church begins. That's how the example of this significant person Paul in the New Testament begins with this breath that is the Holy Spirit that breathes life into all things. May I encourage you as I end where we began by saying you need that life. You need that breath. You need 
to live with this awareness that you take responsibility, that you are a temple. And on your own, without the Holy Spirit, you're just a shell. And may I own that, that I need that too. And for us as a church, what a difference. I don't want us to be just a shell, just a machine, just a structure. I want us to be a living, breathing body that is full of the breath that is the filling and the refilling of the Holy Spirit. So let's pray. And may I encourage you to spend time today praying. May I encourage you to spend time today, maybe like Jesus did, withdraw to a quiet place if you can find a quiet place. And may I encourage you to pray a simple prayer that says, come Holy Spirit, fill me afresh. And for some, it may be this blowing wind that's almost violent, that it changes you in a profound way. And I cheer that on. And for some, it may be a subtle breath. May I encourage you to welcome both. May I encourage you to welcome the person of the Holy Spirit and say, come, Lord Jesus, come, Holy Spirit, fill me afresh and breathe life into this temple. Let's pray. Father, we don't want to just be empty shells. We recognize that in ourselves, we can only do so much. We recognize that the story from the beginning to the end of the Bible is the story where you breathe life and that life changes everything. So, Lord, we welcome this life, this breath. And we say, Father, fill us afresh. Fill us, Holy Spirit, and change us. And may we recognize that we have responsibility to pray, come, Holy Spirit, and fill me afresh. Amen. If you've got any questions, if anything that's been said is new to you, if you're not convinced that you know where you stand or what you believe, please message us. If you're watching this on the website, message us on the email address, office at sscma.com, and one of us will reply to you. If you're watching on the Facebook feed, feel free to send the page a message. We would love to pray for you. We can't lay hands on you at the moment, but we'll pray for you as best we can. We recognize that we need the Holy Spirit and we need each other. That's what community is. That's why church is important. We need each other. So thank you for listening. Why don't you take a moment now to pray in your home? The prayer will appear on the screen. Why don't you pause? Why don't you pray? Why don't you pray for each other as well? Thank you.